This Motley Fool podcast is supported by Wonder Capital. The easiest way to invest in large-scale solar energy projects across the US, with Wonder, you can help finance renewable energy projects while earning up to 7.5% annually. To get started, visit wondercapital.com forward slash fool. Wonder Capital, where impact investing meets capitalism. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today, we're talking energy and industrials. It's Thursday, the 15th of February, and we're going to be discussing big oil earnings. I'm your host, Sarah Priestley, and joining me in the studio is Motley Fool Canada premium analyst and all-around nice guy, Taylor McMahon. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't finish last. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. We're finally having some warmer weather. Yeah, right. Nice. I know. It's well, teasing until us. Until Saturday. Yeah. It's 30. It is teasing us. Um, so the start of February saw a rash of reporting from the world's largest oil companies. And today we're going to be reviewing them, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, to provide some context, it's important to remember that expectations were super high going into this because of the riders in uh, crude oil prices that we saw last year. Uh, which did help generally, but we saw rising profits upstream, uh, but narrowing refining margins generally. Uh, bumpy year for cash flow. Cash flow was its highest level since before the slump and helped by drastic cost cutting that mm-hmm. we've seen you know, universally. Um, and because of all of this, we're seeing management start talking about growth. So that's great. Despite some of this, though, a lot of the stocks that we're discussing, in fact, I think all of them are down. They've been sold off a little since... Um, Earnings. Um, partly, this is uh, the culprit is the broader downturn in the market that we're seeing. Yeah, it's the oil prices have yep. pulled back for sure. And uh, then also our bad and ugly culprits, super scientific categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chevron and Exxon um, kind of spooked investors when they missed the mark a little. Uh, so our first, we're going to start with the, the good. Okay. We have Royal Dutch Shell, uh, ConocoPhillips, and Total. They performed pretty well. Market seemed fairly pleased with their earnings. And we'll start with Shell. Very strong Q4 earnings, a year-over-year increase uh, in earnings for all three business segments. What did you make of the results? Um, yeah, so this company, you look at uh, when you talk about Chevron and Exxon coming up as the bad and the ugly, interesting to see Shell as an integrated oil company um, up there at the top of the heap, because you didn't mention refining earnings being crimped a little bit by higher oil prices, but um, Shell a little bit more international, not as exposed to the United States, so they're reaping um, slightly higher prices with uh, Brent crude than WTI. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty nice results, especially you know not too soon or not too late after they made that huge acquisition of BG Group. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Their adjusted earnings were up uh, 4.4 billion from 1.8 billion mm-hmm. last year. Um, their production volume's down 7%. That's not what we're seeing across the board. Generally, the production volume seem to be up because people are getting greedy. They're yeah, trying. if you see the yep. U.S. producers that are more exposed there, for sure, other than Exxon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and one thing that we're seeing across the board is uh, oil companies starting to return value to shareholders. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, Shell has one of the highest yields, even though they didn't... I don't think they announced any major changes like we're seeing with some of the other oil companies, but they do have one of the highest yields mm-hmm. um, of the big oil giants. Yeah, it always makes me a little nervous with commodity companies increasing the dividend. (laughs) Um, Maybe just uh, leave it where it is, Mm -hmm. because you you commit yourself to that capital, and um, shareholders hate to see a dividend cut, Yep. and you open yourself up to that uh, by raising the dividend payout. Maybe uh, crimp down on some of the debt that they've got. They did just make a huge acquisition, so maybe keep some more cash on hand uh, in case you have some write-downs or you um, something happens with that acquisition that you didn't foresee. 
and or maybe just buy back some shares if you think that uh, the company is going to do better. But um, yeah, dividends always worry me a little bit. Not the fact that there is a dividend, but continued dividend increases um, at the slightest sign of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like they've been doing well for years. They've just finally turned a corner because oil prices are higher, and now all of a sudden they're going to raise the dividend, and they're not the only one. Uh, I think Pioneer Natural Resources, a U.S. exploration and production company, announced a higher dividend as well. Um, and I think there's a few others, but I don't want to just start rambling off names without <laughs> knowing for sure. But I do know that uh, it's it's a little bit. Uh, I'm a little cautious when it comes to no, I, I think producers you're... raising the dividend. Uh, Stat Oil was another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right, and I think there's somewhat of a beauty contest going on amongst yeah. the oil companies now for investors' uh, hard-earned dollars, but. Um, I don't know. We shall see. I think you're exactly right. People should be cautioned by the whole GE story, though. Very recently, um, what happens when something that has become such a dividend stalwart starts to take down the the dividend? Kinder Morgan a couple years ago Mm -hmm. cut their dividend, and the stock fell off a cliff. So, Mm -hmm. and that was after it already sold off from lower oil prices. So, um, certainly something to be considered about Mm -hmm. because um, you look at the returns of these companies over the long long term, and the dividend does. They they need it because mm-hmm. the returns just aren't there from a shareholder perspective on the stock side of things, um, for these m- massive companies. So the dividend is a huge part of the story, but uh, you also can't expect it to continue to increase. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, second up in our good category, we have Conoco Phillips. Expectations going into this report were extremely high. Um, the company did have its highest quarterly net profit in three years, and management became quite specific about growth opportunities. But as we've just talked about, one good quarter does not make yeah. uh, the perfect year. So <laughs> when oil prices go up 20% in a quarter, yep. it's going to have some positive effects. Yeah, exactly. This this was all whilst rising prices. So they had 46 dollars a barrel average this year and mm-hmm. $33 last year in Q4. But overall, I think the blended average was like $10 higher for barrels last year than yeah. this year. Yeah. So you saw, I looked at the oil price, WTI was started the quarter in October at around $50 a barrel, ended the year at $60 a barrel. Um, looks like it peaked recently at $66 a barrel um, at the end of January. And now it's back down to $60. So mm-hmm. um, up 20%. In the quarter, up 10% to start the year, and then retreated um, back that roughly 11 to 12% uh, in the last two weeks after you see the U.S. continue to increase production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a scary sign. Yep. Um, so adjusted earnings for Phillips were ahead of analyst estimates, 0.5 billion Q4, uh, full-year results, 0.7 billion compared to last year's mm-hmm. 3.3 billion loss. So yeah, it's, whoops. <laughs> it's not hard to do well when you're lapping those uh, comparisons. But yeah. they increased production 3%. Um, they had a fantastic cash flow, which is something that we're seeing people really focus on. Like All analyst comments I've seen are including cash flow at the minute because it was just such a surprise quarter. Um and again, increasing shareholder returns. They're doing buybacks of $2 billion, You'll be pleased. <laughs> However, dividends up 7.5%, yep. which is a huge increase. Um, so th- I think they're looking to drive growth uh, from their shale base uh, re- uh, production, Eagle Ford and Permian Basin. Yep. Um, and that will be interesting to see how that plays out next year. <laughs> yeah, that's where everybody's dumping money into. Um, you look at Pioneer, uh, the Permian is... Their sole focus going forward, it seems, because they said they're going to sell off all non-Permian assets, including Eagle Ford assets, which that was the bell of the ball a couple of years ago. Now the Permian is is uh, taking the reins there. So interesting to see a company sell out of um, other shale assets that were 
assumedly performing to solely concentrate on one basin, especially a company the size of Pioneer. But uh, yeah, U.S. shale, everyone's mm-hmm. back on board. Rig, right. rig counts up and yep. uh, cost per barrel to produce is down. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think then their cash flow neutral position is at forty dollars a barrel. Yeah, um, which is pretty good. Um, they're reducing debt, which is obviously, as you said, good good use of their resources. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, but they are. What people didn't like was the fact that they're increasing spending to up the production in these these regions. Um, So third in our good category, Mm -hmm. um, we have French oil giant Total. Revenues were up 12% year over year. Decreased production costs led to solid bottom line performance too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their full year earnings were up 39%. So yeah, fantastic year. They really are the bell of the ball. And they have their renewable energy exposure with some power. So. Yeah, absolutely. Their gas and renewable operating income, so that segment was mm-hmm. up 100% in Q4. Yeah, solid. Yeah. Um, and again, you pre-dividend break-even with them is $30 a barrel. Um, so so I guess about half of where we're exactly. at right now. So yep. yeah, it, you scratch your head, start to wonder why companies are producing <laughs> so much oil these days. Um, but like a lot of the other oil companies trying to court all these investors, uh, dividend's up 10%. Uh, over the next three years, and they're buying back five billion worth of shares. So I think, to some degree, that's a little more conservative than what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, I think it's it's uh, they're leaping at good news when yeah. it really should be like a, a little pat on the back. Get while the getting's good. Absolutely. So before we visit the bad and ugly culprits, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for today. Motley Fool is supported by Wonder Capital, the easiest way to invest in large-scale solar energy products across the U.S. Bloomberg New Energy Finance estimates that $2.8 trillion will be invested in solar energy by 2040. With Wonder Capital's solar investment platforms, individuals can now take advantage of this economic opportunity. In fact, individuals like you have already financed more than 150 large-scale solar projects. These solar energy projects create enough electricity to power the equivalent of 5,000 homes, which helps offset 75 million pounds of carbon dioxide emissions each year. Visit wondercapital.com slash fool to find out how you can begin investing in solar energy projects while earning up to 7.5% annually and also helping in the fight against climate change. Again, that's wondercapital.com slash fool, wondercapital, where impact investing meets capitalism. Not a bad opportunity, though. Yeah, <laughs> with, with it sounds pretty good. Um, so the bad, or I think more uh, apt description for this category would probably just be like, meh, sh- yeah. shrug yeah, shoulders. Yeah. Um, was Chevron. Chevron basically missed expectations, specifically on cash flow, uh, despite announcing an increase in its quarterly dividend, um, the same as everything else that we've seen. Investors mm, were just no, not so they, impressed. They missed out on cash flow and while increasing the dividend. I know, Brilliant. it's craziness. Good management. Though. Yeah, well, that comes on the heels of the CEO making a comment, we are in a cyclical commodity business. Capital discipline always matters. Cost always matters. <laughs> and uh, missing on cash flow expectations while raising the dividend. Yeah, show don't tell. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they deferred taxes. So this whole the, the tax reform has had a big impact on both Chevron and Exxon. But um, when you take that out, the mm-hmm. benefit that that gave, they're just not doing too well. Yep. Uh, their cash flow break even is at fifty dollars a barrel. So if you remember, mm, total, higher, yeah, yeah, total was thirty. Um, there's some issues there. Uh, earnings of three point eight, three point one billion. Sorry, but one point eight billion was just from tax reform. Um, the one-time yeah, tax one reform time. benefit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, produc- give all that, give all that new cash away. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think they've had 
as we discussed in the top, the, the whole theme of this is obviously upstream's doing well, uh, downstream isn't yep. doing so well. I think they had falling profits in California, refining business, and they also had some charges related to the hurricane season that we've seen recently, mm-hmm. which again, those are one-time charges, but this one-time boon that they've had for tax doesn't really mitigate right. for them. Um, so oil and gas production rose almost 3% with them. Um, I think that's thanks actually to projects that they have in Australia uh, as opposed to the US. But I suppose we're going to see that change this yeah, year. Yeah, they, they're exposed more internationally um, than some of the companies that we've talked about for sure. Um, and a lot of LNG product, pro- projects excuse me, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so our final stock falls into our ugly category, which may not be entirely fair, but Exxon shares fell almost 6% after reporting. Uh, that was the stock's biggest one-day drop in five years. Mm-hmm. Exxon reported adjusting Q, adjusted Q4 earnings, uh, which exclude the tax benefit they got from the tax reform of $0.88 cents per share. Analysts had been expecting $1.04, so hence the sell-off. sell-off sorry. The mm-hmm. bigger issue for them uh, was probably cash flow, um, operating cash flow excluding uh, assets from their sale proceeds failed to cover capital spending and investments. And that's a huge issue for Exxon because they've traditionally been the kind of safer oil stock to put your money in because they've generally been very cash rich. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of first sign of an issue uh, spooked, yeah. spooked investors a lot. Especially when they commit to spending more than $50 billion in the U.S. over the next <laughs> few years. Um, Made it into the president's speech, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. As the camera immediately panned to Rex Tillerson, <laughs> uh, the former CEO of ExxonMobil, now Secretary of State. Um, and, you know, you kind of think, oh, well, it's all has to do with tax reform. They're going to spend all this money because they're going to they're going to keep more money, but uh, then you look deeper and you see that their production in the U.S. is falling, and the share price is down seven percent over the last ten years. Uh, maybe they're ramping up spending because they're one of the few companies in the United States that isn't increasing production uh, without you know spending a ton of more money, and so maybe they just again got caught sleeping at the wheel on on U.S. shale production, thinking that it was. Uh, too small of an opportunity to really move the needle for them. Come to find out, it's the biggest story in oil for the last three to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, Seems hard to believe that yeah. they're slow to that party. Yeah, no, no doubt. So uh, they're they're saying they're going to, I think, triple their Permian production over the next several years, um, which doesn't bode well for oil prices if everyone else continues to produce the same or more. Um, especially with demand forecast not really keeping up with supply forecast so they better get that break even price down and hope that hope that somebody falls off the falls off the map uh, that Libya doesn't start producing more oil that Venezuela doesn't get their act together because you could see oil prices retreat back down to where they were in that 40 mm-hmm. to 50 dollar range yeah, pretty you're, quickly you're exactly right because I think that Libya and Nigeria have um not, I don't want to say solved, but they've definitely improved the security issues that they were having before. Right, yeah, yeah. So we're starting to see those come back online in a big way. Um, and as you said, it's it's a dangerous balancing act yeah. and, and uh, it's teetering a little bit. Um, but yes, exactly as you uh, as you commented on, they're tripling production in the Permian Basin of West Texas and New Mexico and spending $50 billion in the U.S. over the next five years. So yeah, it's it a lot of money. It is a huge <laughs> amount of money. Um, and it'll be interesting to watch. Production was down, I think, 3%, no, wait, 2%, uh, 4 million barrels per day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, interesting story and definitely a position that they're probably not used to being in as the they're the largest 
uh, publicly traded oil company, I think. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were the largest company in the world for a while until obviously the share price retreated 7% in the Mm -hmm. last decade. Um, And you have companies like Apple continuing to to produce positive returns. But um, I I don't know if we said, but didn't this is like the third straight year that they've either. Yeah, you're right. their, Their revenue or income from the US has gone down. 12 straight quarters. 12 straight consecutive quarter that their drilling business lost money. Yeah. Yeah, in the US. Yeah. So, <laughs> great job over there at oh. ExxonMobil with yeah. uh, with so that's 3 years of losing money. A that's fine. Oil prices are down, but um, there's there's got to be some way that the biggest oil company in the world can figure out how to make money in the hottest oil market in the world. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so just just to recap then Shell and Total Definitely for me, front runners thanks to essentially good cash management. Sure, yeah, uh-huh. and uh, a lot of growth projection, uh, growth projects being announced. Um, Shell actually, Shell CEO said he wants to challenge Exxon's financial dominance in the sector. I think he's done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's they keep this up if, if things keep going the way they're going for both companies. Sure. Yeah, and and then Exxon definitely disappointed with weak outlook and cash problems, essentially just undermining its reputation. Um, so unless Exxon starts to Get going pretty yeah. soon. We we probably are going to see a continued slide, um, maybe slowly, but I'm pretty sure that unless we get some good news soon, that that's what's going to happen. Yep, agreed. Um, well, I think that's it from us today. Yeah, that's some big oil. That's some, <laughs> there you go. We just did you like a super quick recap. Um, if you would like to get in touch, please feel free to email us at industryfocus@full.com or tweet us on Twitter at mfindustryfocus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based only on what you hear. Thank you to Austin Morgan for producing this show. For Taylor, I'm Sarah Priestley. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Thank you.